Chapter twenty seven of France to Scandinavia by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Around about the Zyder Z. The man on the street thinks it takes a whole bolt of cloth to make a pair of Dutch trousers, and that all the men here wear short jackets and wooden clogs. The truth is, the Hollanders of the cities dress just as we do, and they are so like us that an Amsterdam or hague crowd dropped down in new york would not be out of place the men are tall big boned and husky and the women especially large and fine-looking the people look capable and are most intelligent the quaint dutch characters shown in the advertisements and pictured so widely in all travel books are confined largely to the fishing villages along the ocean and in the islands of the zyder zee where the customs change but little from generation to generation I have visited most of these places during my stay. Each village has its own costumes, and a common headdress is a helmet of thin beaten silver or gold that fits over the hair and comes out to the front of the ears. To this, in some districts, are added gold corkscrews or spirals that fasten the lace cap on each side of the eyes, and also high collars of coral beads and great silver or gold brooches at the neck and sometimes at the waist they are very similar to the headgear i have described in the story of my trip from antwerp to rotterdam along the zyder zee the girls wear short and very full skirts coming halfway down the calf below which are woolen stockings and great wooden shoes the skirts are often numerous reminding one of the song in miss hook of holland i have one little petty from peter and another little petty from john and another bright yellow from some other fellow and one that i haven't got on on the island of marken where i spent some time the men wear bloomers so full at the hips that a dress skirt could be made out of one pair of them men and boys have roundabouts or short waistcoats of black wool with silver buttons as big as the saucer of an after-dinner coffee cup the trousers stop just above the ankles and below are woolen stockings and clogs as to clogs they are worn very generally by both the poor and the well-to-do outside of the cities i bought a pair the other day for forty cents and expect to take them home to use as flower pots they are made of light wood cut out by a carpenter and whitened with chalk the dutch tell me that clogs are warmer than boots and as they are perfectly waterproof they are especially desirable in a country below the level of the sea where the earth is often moist and spongy the clogs are clumsy and noisy and therefore are not worn in the house they are slipped off on the doorsteps and the people walk over the spotless floors of the kitchen and other rooms in their stockings school children leave their clogs in the hall and sit at their desks in their stocking feet it is wonderful how the boys and girls play in these wooden shoes i have seen them riding bicycles in them and racing each other on foot along the canals just yesterday i saw one climbing a pole in his clogs these wooden shoes do not mean that the dutch peasant is poor he is rich holland has more than two and one-half million savings accounts which means that more than one in every three of the whole population is laying up money our proportion is not one in nine the accounts in the dutch postal savings bank alone equal more than one hundred million dollars the national debt is less than a billion whereas belgium 
of about the same size and not many more people owes four times as much and france staggers along loaded with bonds that exceed fifty billions in other words we americans owe just about two hundred forty dollars the belgians about five hundred thirty three dollars and the french twelve hundred and fifty dollars for every man woman and child in their country the debt of little holland is not quite one hundred twenty three dollars per capita it is one tenth as much as that of france one fourth that of the belgians and only a little more than one half as much as our own the houses of markin are low one and a half story buildings with ridge roofs painted black built along narrow streets and little villages here and there over the island i entered one at the invitation of the owner an old dutchman who wore a pair of trousers each leg of which was as big as a two bushel bag his whole house which was not more than twenty-four feet square was so clean that you could see your face in everything in it the floors were scrubbed like a kitchen table on saturday night and the plates on the walls fairly shone about the room were cupboards each containing a bed with the whitest of pillows and quilts beautifully embroidered the kitchen utensils were of copper and two brass candlesticks which shone like gold stood on a shelf under the plates on my way to markin i stopped at breck a little farming town in the midst of the meadows to see a cheese factory the factory was house stable and cheese making establishment combined which is characteristic of the dairy regions of holland the hay was stowed away in the garret and one half of the house was given up to the cows which are brought indoors during the winter the stable part of the house had accommodation for thirty cows two for each stall and it was cleaner than the average american kitchen the cows were out during my visit but i walked with clean feet from stall to stall making notes of the arrangements the walls of the stalls were painted black to the height of the cows and white above that in front of each stall there was a window with lace curtains over it and at the back a drain six inches deep which was flooded daily with water and kept so clean that there was little odor perceptible but as for that the dutch say that cow smells are healthful and the farmers do not mind them at all every dutch cow is well bedded and has a rope the size of a clothesline with a strap loop at its end to hold up its tail one end of the rope is fastened to the rafters just over the cow so raising the tail that there is no danger of its being flirted through the milk or into the eye of the milker adjoining the stable was the cheese room with a hundred balls of fresh edam cheese on the racks the cheese was of a rich yellow color and more delicious than any we get in the united states the cheeses are painted red before they are exported more than half of the farmers of holland own the lands which they farm but the holdings are comparatively small there are not in the whole country two hundred farms of more than two hundred and fifty acres indeed a large part of holland is made up of tracts of heath or of swamp and water which are good for nothing there are two and one-half million acres in pasture and more than six hundred thousand acres in forests so that the land actually cultivated does not comprise more than one-third of the country the people are more interested in stock farming and dairying than in tilling the soil the country raises excellent grass and there are now here something like a million and a half cattle chiefly holsteins there are a million and a quarter hogs more than a half million horses 
and seven hundred and fifty thousand sheep some of the chief dairy regions are in the north and at alkmaar is a famous cheese market to which the people from seventy or eighty villages bring in their cheese for sale each cheese is marked with the initials of its maker the stock is spread out on waxed cloths and is bought by wholesale merchants who ship it to all parts of the world thousands of tons are sold at alkmaar the cheeses being brought in in wagons on barges up the canals and by the small farmers in dog carts the price of cheese makes good or bad times in the dairy regions and the rise or fall of a cent or so a pound makes the farmer happy or miserable the farmers are everywhere thrifty nothing goes to waste the haystacks are roofed with boards or thatched in such a way that the thatch can be lowered as the hay is fed out all woodwork is painted and rot and rust are nowhere to be seen the dutch make money out of gardening and especially flower gardening they raise vegetables and fruits for england but their peaches and pears lack flavor though they are full of juice they taste to me much like the fruits of japan which has about the same climate there are parts of holland however where the earth laughs in flowers more splendid than solomon in his glory in the region about harlem more bulbs are raised than in any other place in the world and fifty million pounds of them are sent every year to england and the united states the dutch are competing with the greenhouses of brussels paris and london and they now send cut flowers by airplane reaching those cities each morning in time for sale side by side with the blossoms clipped from the gardens hard by the soil around harlem is a mixture of sand and loam just fitted for the best tulips hyacinths and gladioli there are syndicates and individuals at harlem who do a big business in bulb raising they have fields of tulips hyacinths and other bulbs acres in extent the hyacinths load the air with their perfume and at certain times of the year passing through the fields on the railroad is like traveling over a crazy quilt more gorgeous than any ever put together in reality there are in all about two thousand different kinds of tulips raised here two thousand varieties of gladioli and seventeen hundred hyacinths the bulbs are planted in trenches with the large plants in the center and the small ones at the side the varieties are kept separate and each row is labeled it was at harlem that the best tulips were raised when the great craze for them swept the country and many bulbs brought their weight in gold that was about the only time that the dutch lost their heads and went wild over speculation during the tulip mania which came along about the time when boston was started one harlem tulip bulb brought fifteen hundred dollars with a team of gray horses and a carriage thrown in and an amsterdam bulb was sold for twelve acres of land both of these bulbs were of the variety known as the semper augustus of which there were only two in existence at the same time other varieties brought enormous sums tulip buying was a regular business and men grew rich or poor from the trade some dutchmen mortgaged their houses to buy tulips and the loss of a peck of bulbs caused one man's ruin the dutch tulips now sell for ordinary prices but they are still handled on business principles and both cultivation and marketing have been reduced to a science the bulbs are set out in september and october they are carefully cultivated by skilled workmen many of the farms employing hundreds of hands they are well packed for the market 
and are shipped to seed and flower dealers all over the world. End of chapter 27